Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 230. When you consider the many classes of Royal Caribbean ships, the Voyager and Freedom class ships stand out as great options for any cruise vacation. Their array of onboard activities, dining, and amenities offer a big ship experience, but at a terrific price. This week, we will discuss the Voyager and Freedom class ships and talk about what they offer and the appeal of these ships. Here we go. When you talk Royal Caribbean cruise ships, there's so many different ships in the fleet, so many classes of ships, but the Freedom and Voyager class ships, to me, stand out as quintessential classic Royal Caribbean ships that have come to define, really, the current generation of cruise ships on Royal Caribbean. And this week, we're going to be talking about the Freedom and Voyager class ships because they're so similar and yet different in their own respects, but these ships were at the heart of of what we currently see, this new evolution, if you will, of cruise ship design. Because prior to the Voyager and Freedom class ships, you had, you know, Vision class ships and Sovereign class ships and an Empress of the Seas and, you know, ships that were a lot, obviously, smaller, but also they incorporated different design elements. And the Voyager class ships introduced things like the Royal Promenade. And now when you talk about a Royal Caribbean ship, I think it's hard not to imagine a Royal Promenade or other amenities like rock climbing walls. These were things that came in with the Voyager class, and certainly they gave way to the Freedom class and to the Oasis class, and to some extent the the Quantum class. But the Quantum class is we'll get to that in another episode. But you know, really, this was the genesis, if you will, of our current lineage of Royal Caribbean ship design. It was a really big deal when the Voyager class ships came out, and while they've been certainly surpassed by the Quantum and Oasis and soon to be even Icon class ships, they still remain, the, the Voyager and Freedom class ships remain really a, a core of the fleet. It's almost like when you're, if you're building a, a baseball team or any sports team for that matter, and you have, you know, you're trying to assemble, you know, a, a team that's going to win the championship, you need a core foundation. You need a couple players who are veterans who can really be the support for the rest of the team and other players play more of a, you know, a complementary role. But your Voyager and Freedom Clash ships really are at the heart of what makes Royal Caribbean go these days. And again, while other ships may have get more attention these days, that doesn't take anything away from the Voyager and Freedom Class ships. In fact, they're among my favorite ships to go on. And despite the fact that, you know, a lot of people say, Matt, what's your favorite ship? Well, I thought it was some Harmony of the Seas. But, you know, Navigator of the Seas is a fabulous ship. It's my second favorite ship. Mariner of the Seas is wonderful. Freedom of the Seas, I've been on the most of any Royal Caribbean ship. And there's a reason for why I identify these ships as some of my favorites because there's so many great things to do on there. And one of the benefits of being a quote-unquote older ship, and I'm using that in air quotes because uh, please don't, if you're new to Royal Caribbean, please don't assume these ships are you know 30 years old or anything like that. They're not old. They're just not as new as some other ships, so it's a relative term. But because there, you know, there's some other newer ships in the fleet, every new ship that joins the fleet means that the established ships, the older ships, have uh, a better value because the premium pricing Royal Caribbean attributes to newer ships pushes the pricing down as a result of the other ships. So you get some really good deals on Voyager and Freedom class ships. And part of the reason why we're lumping them together in this episode is because the basically, in order to define either one, you need the other one. And what I mean by that is 
Well, Matt, what's the difference between a Freedom class ship and a, Vo- a Voyager class ship? Well, a Freedom class ship is just a, lo- a longer version of the Voyager class ship, and the Voyager class ship is a shorter version of the Freedom class ship, meaning the, Vo- the Freedom class ship is like stretched out. Take a Voyager class ship, stretch it out a little bit more. That's essentially the heart of it. Now, the, cha- the differences between the, the ships relates a lot to the changes that have happened over the last couple of years. If we were recording this podcast episode about, I'd say, five years ago, this episode would be a lot easier to define. But in the years since, Royal Caribbean has added a number of features to various ships to put them in different stages of of design. And while we're going to be talking about these ships, there's going to be a lot of generalizations, but you have to understand that there have been some differentiating factors, namely some onboard amenities, restaurants, things like that that have changed over the years. But at the core of it, the heart of it, it's still very much the same. Now, Voyager-class ships were the first class of ships by Royal Caribbean to offer amenities. We, Like I said earlier, we come to expect on board ice skating, the Royal Promenade, miniature golf, and more. I mean, you, it's, it's hard to understand these days because it's been such a while since, you know, Voyager of the Seas debuted, but these really revolutionized the cruise industry by offering uh, these kind of ships. Uh, but however, in the past couple of years, Royal Caribbean has been refurbishing a lot of these ships to offer even more options for, for guests. And as I mentioned, you know, ships like Navigator of the Seas debuted, Sabor Modern Mexican. You've got water slides, uh, entertainment, flow riders. So there's a lot more to the Voyager class ships than what uh, you know, was originally designed for them. Uh, in fact, in 2018, Mariner of the Seas is going to be getting a really uh, extensive makeover there. But it, Navigator's already gotten one. Adventure is getting its part two in January, so just around the corner, really. Uh, and uh, you still have Voyager of the Seas and Explorer of the Seas, which got their own refurbishments when they were in uh, Asia slash Australia. So, you know, there's there's differentiating factors among them. I would say the most interesting ones, Adventure of the Seas has water slides, which is the only Voyager class ship right now, at least, that we know about that has water slides, at least at the time of this recording. And uh, Navigator just got, you know, it has the R-Bar, it has Sabor Modern Mexican, it has the Flowrider. So there's certainly some cool things on there. Again, what I love about the Voyager class ships is they are big ships, but they're certainly not as large as Freedom, Quantum, Oasis, and uh, soon-to-be Icon-class ships. So they're, they're, they're a big ship, but they're a lot smaller if that makes it's hard to it's all relative right but what i like about them is that it's a big ship experience but you know if but i like it's a little more intimate relatively speaking there's so many great things to do on board it's a great family option and because these are larger ships you know these are going to wonderful ports and they offer a lot to do on board now when we're talking about the freedom class ships again as i mentioned earlier the freedom class ships are basically take a voyager class ship and grab one end grab the bow grab the stern, right, the front and the back of the ship, and then just stretch it out, and you've got a Freedom-class ship. That's basically what you what they did it right there. And just like the Voyager-class ships, Royal Caribbean said, you know what? These ships are so good. Let's just take what we currently have and just add more to it, and there you go. And the Freedom-class ships are, again, have a lot of the similar amenities that the Voyager-class ships have, but the difference is they've been adding a whole lot more to them. Uh, they started out with flow riders and cantilevered hot tubs, uh, but they've been adding more to them. Like Independence of the Seas has Grease, the Broadway musical. Liberty of the Seas has had Saturday Night Fever for many, many years. Liberty of the Seas also has water slides. Independence of the Seas is getting water slides. Freedom of the Seas has Sabor. Liberty has Sabor. Uh, you know, they're a little different in and of themselves, and it's kind of interesting the different choices that you have there. And I think the refurbishments to the Freedom class ships over the last couple of years have added the most differentiating factors. Again, a number of years ago, the difference, I would have literally said, well, the Freedom class ships are bigger than the, they stretch out from Voyager, and that's basically it. But 
They've changed a lot over the years, and with Independence of the Seas getting a refurbishment in April 2018, it's going to add way more to it. In fact, if you look closely to Independence of the Seas refurbishment, she is serving as a test bed, if you will, uh, for the upcoming Symphony of the Seas launch. What I mean by that is some of the features on Independence will be added there first in preparation for or in testing for uh, Symphony. Same thing was done for Navigator of the Seas prior to Quantum of the Seas launch. This is not uncommon. Royal Caribbean often will come up with these wonderful ideas for new ships and be like, you know what, it's a lot easier to test these out on a smaller scale on some other ships that are due for work anyway. So, you know, you get the same design, two kilobytes, one stone. It's it's good practice, right? You measure twice, cut once kind of thing. And so we're going to see some interesting changes coming to Independence as a result. I do believe that the, uh, in terms of value, the Freedom Class ships are in that sweet spot of offering many of the popular amenities the Royal Caribbean is known for at a great price. And a lot of times people say, you know, Matt, I just did a, an Oasis Class ship, right? I was on Allure of the Seas. I was on Harmony of the Seas. Or I was on even Anthem of the Seas. What's another ship to try? I always point to the Freedom Class ships because I think that they, they lend themselves so much to the larger ships, but it's like one step down, if that makes any kind of sense. Not that that's a bad thing, like in terms of, you know what they offer. I mean, obviously the Oasis class ships offer just offer so much, and the Quantum class ships offer so much. But the Freedom class ships is like it's like when you're getting into a hot tub, you can't just walk right in and dive in like you do in a pool. You got to go down one step at a time and ease into it. And I feel like if you're if you're only used to the largest ships in the fleet, Freedom class is a great stepping point for you. And after that point, then you can feel free to go for any class. But I love the Freedom Class ships. As I mentioned, I've been on Freedom the most. I was just on Independence of the Seas for the first time. I've not been on Liberty yet, but Liberty's water slides are perhaps the most noticeable amenity on that ship. And probably the, I gotta tell you the, the reason I really want to go on there because they have a number of racer water slides, but they have a unique water slide in and of itself that really stands out. And that is, of course, the tidal wave slide. Tidal wave slide is a raft, family raft slide. And what's cool about it is you get up at the top and you get down on the slide and the slide goes down nearly immediately. And then goes up a sheer vertical wall. So as the slide loses um, speed near the top of the wall, it stalls for a second and then comes back. So you get almost a moment of almost weightlessness as you come sliding back down. It's really, really cool. And it's certainly it's the only ship in the fleet that has it. It was kind of interesting when they added the slide. There were a number of issues with its implementation. In fact, there were many months in which it just was not functional. But since then, it's been fine. And the, you know they figured out the kinks of it and it's been working great. So uh, it's good news, and certainly uh, Liberty going out of Galveston offers a lot of folks in the uh, in the south and southwest the opportunity, really any part in the middle of the country, an opportunity to have a, a close by cruise port. But they're all really great. Yeah, you know, the regardless of where they're sailing from, the ships just. I really feel like they're in that perfect sweet spot. Now, the Voyager class ships, I'll tell you from even a better value standpoint, they offer a lot more varied itineraries, which is what's really nice about them. Because you've got, you know, at least, uh, you know, uh, right now anyway, you've had like Navigator, this has been offering like nine nights out of uh, Miami to the Southern Caribbean. But in the coming years, we're going to see, you know, some shorter sailings available on ships like Mariner of the Seas and Navigator of the Seas, which is pretty important. I've, I've, I really do feel because, you know, for years, Royal Caribbean has, has relegated its oldest and smallest ships to the short sailings out of Florida. And the short sailing market, the people that are doing three and four night sailings, are a lot of times new cruisers. Even though I will come on here and tell new cruisers they need to do longer cruises because a short sailing is just, it's just too short. It, you don't really get a feel for what cruising is all about. Nonetheless, Short uh, new cruisers rather always gravitate towards short sailings because it's like they they the logic being well I don't know what cruising is all about 
And if, what if I hate it? Which, of course, is silly, but that's what they think. And so, you know, they say, okay, well, I'm going to book the shortest possible sailing, so that way I have the least amount of commitment to it. It's a logical thing from the standpoint of other experiences that you would do, right? If you're going to go to almost anything that you're new at, you you take a you take a bite first. You don't just eat the whole thing at once. Same kind of thing with cruises. But um, regardless of my opinions on it, new cruisers are very apt to short sailings. And as a result, you know, when people go on, you know, a ship like Majesty or Enchantment or, you know, Brilliance of the Sea, there's nothing wrong with these ships. They're great ships, but they're not the latest in Greece. And I don't know that they exactly exemplify the, the best that Royal Caribbean has to offer. And other cruise lines offer short sailings on some of their newer ships. And I think that really makes a difference. So, Anyway, Royal Caribbean is now offering, uh, starting in the next couple of years, uh, short sailings on their Voyager class ships, which I think is fabulous. I think it's a great way to introduce people that are new to cruising, offer uh, veteran cruisers just a, a great getaway opportunity. And so I really love that change. But if you're new to cruising, I would definitely recommend you take a look at the Freedom and Voyager class ships. Yes, they don't get nearly the amount of attention as the Oasis class ships and the Quantum class ships, but that's okay. That's just marketing. There's nothing wrong with what these ships offer. In fact, they're wonderful ships that offer tremendous experience. My first Royal Caribbean cruise experience was on Explorer of the Seas, which is a Voyager class ship. And, uh, you know, obviously I was hooked from that point, but there's, they, they offer so much to it. And it's really just a matter of, I think these days it's a matter of, well, is there one that's closer to your home port, right? That's one of the advantages of Royal Caribbean is that there's so many ships in the fleet. So perhaps you live near a port like Galveston where Liberty sails out of, or you live in a place where you can get down to Florida or some other ports where some of these other ships sail from. But, you know, if you have that opportunity, take advantage of one of these. Not only that, the pricing is really competitive when you're talking about these class of ships. So there's a lot of great choices in and of themselves. So I think in summary, what you're looking for with the Voyager and Freedom class ships is number one, value. Uh, being a slightly older ship in the fleet, you get, again, it's a relative term, you get uh, much better pricing uh, per night, especially and in some of the some of the cases, really excellent values when when you're talking about relative to certainly the newer ships in the fleet. Number two, you get some very more varied itineraries, which is nice. Number three, in the coming years, we'll see some shorter sailings uh, from Florida that are going to offer more options to you. And the last part is the refurbishment. So don't lump them all together. Don't say, well, I'm looking at this uh, Freedom Class, uh, Freedom of the Seas ship. So thus, Liberty and Independence is the exact same thing. You need to do your homework and look at what each ship offers because the recent refurbishments have offered so many different choices on there. They're, they're a little more varied than you might think. So if you've got kids, probably the most importantly, you know, you might be more apt to pick one ship over another if they have water slides or not. Likewise, you might say, oh, I'm going to pick, you know, a Independence of the Seas or Liberty of the Seas because they have a Broadway musical as opposed to Freedom of the Seas, which is not. Again, these are all factors that you have to incorporate into yourself. But the important thing to understand is they're great values, but also you need to look at each ship individually, even though they're part of the class. They've been varied so much lately that there's some differentiating factors that need to be accounted for. Overall, it's a wonderful class of ships, both of them, the Voyager and and Freedom class ships. It's just really a matter of what you're looking for, what's in your budget, and where you want to sail to. All right, my friends, time to answer your listener email. This is the part of the episode where I dive into the virtual Royal Caribbean blog inbox and pick out the emails that you have sent me uh, to talk about anything about Royal Caribbean, usually questions, but whatever's on your mind, maybe corrections. A lot of times I am not perfect, and <laughs> there may be times in which there are corrections there. Regardless of what's on your mind, we always look. I always look forward to this part of the episode. And you can always send me your emails by sending an email to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt, M-A-T-T, 
at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email is from Gabriel from Sao Paulo, Brazil. And Gabriel writes, I would like to share a funny story my girlfriend disagrees with you and your listeners. We were on Freedom of the Seas in December, a eight-night Eastern Caribbean cruise, and we had an inside cabin on deck, too. On the second night of the cruise, me and my girlfriend woke up at around 3 a.m. with a very loud noise of vacuum cleaners. We thought it would go away soon, but it lingered for several minutes, so I decided to investigate. When I stood up, the floor was covered in water like an inch high. All our clothes were soaking wet. We were not the most organized people. When I opened the door, the Oompa Loompas, as we call the Royal Caribbean workers in the blue overalls, were vacuuming the hallway like crazy. And when I asked what was going on, the guy just pointed up. And for my surprise, there was a waterfall coming out of the ceiling. I was very surprised, but I wanted to joke with my girlfriend. So I went back to bed and told her I didn't know what was going on and asked her to investigate. While she was going there, I searched for the Titanic theme song. When she got back, her face was already pale from seeing the hallway, but I couldn't miss the joke and play the song. If she didn't break up with me then, I don't know what will make her. All in all, we couldn't use her room for half the day because they had to change the whole carpet. They said her room was the least affected, claiming the burst pipe made the water fall from the ceiling over our rooms and over the beds. Royal Caribbean gave us free laundry for all of our wet clothes, plus a 20% cruise certificate. That didn't in any way affect the love we have for Royal Caribbean. In fact, I'll be going on my fifth Royal Caribbean cruise in January on Grandeur of the Seas. Can't wait to go on a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise. Shameless plug opportunity. Thanks for all that you're doing. Gabriel, thanks for the story. And you know what? I'm so glad to hear that you can make a, well, you know, an unfortunate situation into kind of a funny one. I kind of like the your, your line of thinking there because yeah, I think we all have spouses that, you know, just can't, in certain situations, it's not a joking matter, but... You got to make light of it, right? What else are you going to do in that situation? But I'm glad that Royal took care of you. And obviously, that's... In fact, I would say, Gabriel, I was going to say it's something that occurs that often. Uh, it's something... This is the first time I've ever heard of something like that. But, you know, I'm glad that they were able to uh, help you out there and make things better. And it's not dissuading you from your next cruise. <laughs> and I'm glad to hear you did not... Uh, your girlfriend not break up with you because of your sense of humor. That's awesome. And last and certainly not least, thank you for helping me shamelessly plug our Royal Korean blog group cruises, which are coming up... Uh, we've actually got, believe it or not, as we're recording this podcast, five group cruises lined up over the next couple of years. Our next one is in June 2018 to Alaska on Explorer of the Seas. But the group cruises are an opportunity for you to come join us and cruise with us. Because uh, you know, the, the the genesis of these group cruises was, well, I like going on Royal Caribbean. You know, but I, I like meeting new people, and I like people who like Royal Caribbean too. Let's combine all that together, and we have a group cruise. So I'm inviting every single one of you who's listening to this podcast right now. Yes, you, you in the car, you in the gym, you running on the side of the road, you sitting in your lazy chair. All of you, you're all invited to come join us for a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise. They're a lot of fun, I think so, and uh, it's basically an opportunity to come sail together. And again, with the group cruises, it's not like we have to be joined by the hip the entire time. You can come to as many or as few events as you like. It's a very open opportunity. You know what I mean? Like you, you make it what you want. Maybe you're just going on the same cruise as us, and we happen to see each other a couple times. That's wonderful. But we have a lot of special events planned and cool activities, and I want you to join us for it. So if you want more information about how you can join us for a group cruise, again, there are five coming up. We've got one on Explore the Seas, Symphony of the Seas, Freedom of the Seas, Mariner of the Seas. Hey, look, remember we are talking about Freedom of Voyager class ships? There you go. You got yourself covered there. Uh, you know, there's lots of great choices, even uh, even on Anthem of the Seas. Uh, more information, go to royalcaribbeanblog.com slash events, royalcaribbeanblog.com slash events, and you know I'll post a link in our show notes at royalcaribbeanblog.com for more information on how you can get uh, to our events page. So, Gabriel, thank you for the email, and I hope that we get to sail together on a group cruise as well very, very soon. 
Our next email is from Chrissy from Texas, who writes, Hi Matt, just off, just getting off a wonderful Thanksgiving cruise on Vision of the Seas, and I thought I would give you a quick review because we don't hear too much about Vision class ships on the podcast. Overall, the ship was great. While the ship is older, it was has been very well maintained and a nice, intimate experience for our five-night Thanksgiving cruise. We stopped in Progresso and Cozumel. I wasn't able to find much about Progresso online prior to the cruise, so here's what I discovered going there. There was a small cruise terminal with some shopping and a bar just off the cruise ship. To get into town requires taking a free shuttle that runs every 20 minutes because the pier itself is over four miles long. Wow. I would definitely not suggest trying to walk it. It seems like there are there are main things that people do. Uh, take a tour to the mine ruins, but they are two hours each way by bus. Visit the town of Merida for some shopping or visit the local Cenotes, which are caves. We wound up taking an early bus into town and eating a nice breakfast out by the water. How like suggest the Crabster Restaurant, Crabster, C-R-A-B-S-T-E-R, which is uh, in walking distance of the bus stop and taking the bus back. Progresso probably isn't the best town to walk around and sightseeing. We never felt unsafe, but it's definitely not Cosmel. On board the ship, we had, a, we had quite a bit to offer for her size. Some of the fun activities include the Thriller Dance Class with lessons every day leading up to a big performance in the Centrum on the last evening. It was a lot of fun watching other guests get into this. There was also an egg drop contest where you could build a contraption to make a to, to make a raw egg survive a fall from deck eight to deck four of the Centrum. We missed a sign up for this, but it looked like a lot of fun. As always, the drinks at the R Bar were on point and we had a delicious dinner at Chop's Grill. The food in the main dining room was excellent and Captain Merrick has a great personality. He started off as an Every day, with letting everyone know whose birthday it was on board, guests and crew, it was a nice touch. My two tips for booking this sh- cruise are getting a junior suite if you have more than two people in your room, and bring one of those USB charging hubs for all your devices as plug space is at a premium on the ship. We had two in our room, but also brought a European adapter to give us one more. This was also the first time we brought our pillows on board, and it made a huge difference for us. We put them in a vacuum-sealed bag in our luggage to help save space, and then borrowed a Henry vacuum on the last day from the room attendant to pack them back up. We'll do this on every cruise from now on. Overall, a wonderful time from someone who is skeptical about going on an older, smaller ship. Hope this encourages other people to try these ships out as well. Christy, thank you so much for the review. That was perfect, by the way. And it's funny, you mentioned two things in there in the end that I think we really do need to highlight. First of all, thank you for the uh, review of Progressa, which uh, is a port I've never been to in Mexico. And I'm sure there's some folks who are going to be in a similar situation who would love that advice. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, bring your uh, two things you wanted to bring, and I think it's I have stories about both. Uh, bring your your pillow. I did that one time. It was on Quantum of the Seas, and I was like, I'm gonna bring my pillow because I want I don't know, I want to have my own pillow. Who doesn't like that, right? And the night before the cruise, I stayed in a hotel in uh, Newark, New Jersey, and I left my pillow at the hotel, and I didn't realize till I got on the ship, and my wife was like, Go back and get it. And I was like, eh, It's just. First of all, it's out of the way, but also it's like, I left my pillow there, and what if someone else slept on it already? And I was like, no, man down. That's the best way I can describe it. So uh, just remember to bring it with you, but yes, that's a, that's a really good tip, if you're especially if you're uh, very particular about your pillow. Also about the USB charging hubs, I'm glad you mentioned that. I would say that if you're on any class of ships older than Oasis class, so Freedom, Voyager, Radiance, Vision, and so forth... There aren't a lot of ports, a lot of electrical outlets. Back back in those days, you know, the amount of uh, devices we bring with us were certainly a lot, limp, lot less. And so outlets weren't really nearly as prevalent or as important as they are today. And on those ships, there's not nearly as many options for you. So definitely bring a USB outlet. Now, I need to make a quick note here. A USB outlet is different than a surge protector. In fact, you're not allowed to bring surge protectors on board. Uh, but you can buy, and I'll post a link in the show notes at rogueblog.com to some, uh, some good options for 
USB hubs. These are basically options where you plug in this device into one outlet and it provides you with two, three, five, eight, ten USB hubs. Because in reality, you don't really need outlets because everything is just charging via USB, right? Your iPhone, your iPad, I mean, what... Even laptops can now be charged via USB. My point is that you don't need nearly as many electrical outlets as you do just USB ports, and especially with families. So buying those, number one, is, is loud. Number two, or bring them on board. Buying them is loud everywhere, but you know what I mean. Like, bring them on board. There's no issues there. Number two, they're a lot smaller. And number three, I think it's going to be more practical for what you're actually looking to charge. So I think Christy's 100% right about bringing those USB charging hubs. Again, if you have family, uh, and kids especially, if you've got, you know, you've got your phone, you've got your spouse's phone, you've got your kids' phones, you've got, you know, something, some other device, right? Reality is... You probably need a number of devices to be able to be charged. And so if you even, you know, considering that these hubs cost, you know, like 15 or $20, you know, for most of them, um, that's certainly a good investment. I do agree about that. So, Chris, thank you for the review of uh, Vision of the Seas and a good uh, op- opportunity to talk about the Vision Clash. Because you're right, we don't get a lot of opportunity to talk about that. I will be bringing a lot more to this on the podcast in March of this year because I'll be going on Rhapsody of the Seas, which is a Vision Clash. My first time on the Vision Clash ship. So we'll have some good content for you coming on on welcomingblog.com as well as here on the podcast so good stuff thank you christy and our last email this week comes to us from mark writes uh you said on you had said on the recent podcast that welcoming requires that an adult be booked in each cabin as kids can't be booked in their own cabin this is a common misconception i wanted to share with you the actual rules and practices that royal caribbean has First, let me point you to Royal Caribbean's age policy. There, it does say, regardless of sailings, regarding sailings out of North America, no guest younger than the age of 21 will be assigned to a stateroom unless accompanied in the same stateroom by an adult over the age of 21 years or older. I guess age is established upon first date of sailing. However, it goes on to say, the age limit will be waived for children sailing with parents or guardians in connecting staterooms for underage married couples and for active duty members of the United States or Canadian military. So uh, this means that when you have connecting staterooms, the adults can be booked in one cabin and their underage kids can be booked into a cabin by themselves next door. This is how we booked our Royal Caribbean cruise with our boys in the connecting cabin next door. In practice, Royal Caribbean does also permit kids to be booked into adjacent, not necessarily connecting, and opposite, directly across the hall, cabins as well, although this is beyond their official policy. Given the change in the drink package policy, it may be advantageous for adults to split themselves into separate cabins, but other than that, it isn't really specifically required. Mark, thank you for the email. This is good stuff. Look at that. Facts to back up his argument that I'm wrong. I misspoke, which is not uncommon, by the way. But thank you, Mark. This is really good stuff. And uh, I think Mark's last point, or, or one of the points at the end there, is probably the most appropriate one. You know, this email came as a result of Royal recent announcement of their drink package changes where if one adult purchases an unlimited alcohol package then now all adults in the same stateroom must do must do the same but if you're booking multiple rooms you know in the case of you know a family of four two adults two children if you book one adult one kid in each room you can get around that rule because adult number two is in a different stateroom and thus doesn't get in there that's a really good point and so if you are in that situation and you don't want to book drink package for both people certainly consider that but it is also important to know that if you're, regardless of drink packages, if you're just looking to book two rooms, that you don't have to necessarily have the kids in one room and the adults in the other room. Uh, a good example of why you might not want to would be that we were on uh, Navigator of the Seas, and we had a grand suite that connected to a regular standard balcony room. And the reason why you might want to uh, have a difference, the adults in one room is because if you have the adults in the same room, then you have all the adults will be act, will get the gold card, which gives them not all, among other things 
access to the concierge lounge. Now, that being said, in practice, you can always go to the concierge and explain, hey, my spouse is in this other room, but, you know, here's this we booked two rooms, blah, 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 blah. Can my wife get access and get an extra room key here? No problem at all. And I've had that happen when we were on a number of cruises where that was no issue at all, where, you know, we got the extra room key card. And actually, in one cruise, I believe it was Harmony of the Seas, my wife actually got, she was booked in a regular room and I was in the suite, technically speaking. So we just had the concierge reissue a new card that was gold and, you know, problem solved. So I don't want to make it seem like if you don't, if you're not booked that way, you'll never have access to the concierge. That's totally not the case. Royal Caribbean's concierge is amazing and they certainly recognize the the practicalities of these kind of things. And so they understand and they'll make that happen. So, um, you know, it's just, it's really just a matter of <laughs> making your life easier, I suppose, and avoiding one stop at the concierge lounge. I don't know that's big of that big of a deal, but certainly something to keep in mind. And uh, thank you, Mark, for the uh, clarification on the rules there. And thank you to everybody for listening to this week's episode of the Royal Community Blog Podcast. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.